Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. Is hair a material? Are biscuits a material? Are crystals a material? Is plastic a material? Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Are eggs a material? Is water a material? What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at your question. And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Real Talk, the podcast about materials featuring a fabulous array of artists, makers, movers and shakers. I'm your host, Anna Pajajski, and this episode I talk to ergonomist Shalaka Kurup about her favourite material, which is rice. I started by asking Shalaka what she does for her day job. I am a PhD student. Uh, what I study is human factors. Uh, more people might know it more as uh, ergonomics. What I do is look at um, the information systems that people design for railway passengers and how to design them better. But by using psychological theories of people's knowledge and expertise to design more, I guess, uh, information systems with a bit more substance, let's say. So what's information systems? Um, so... I, it's just my fancy way of saying like the design of all the information that the um, train operators put out. So stuff on display boards, departure screens, an app. Awesome. Yeah. So Real Talk train fans, hold your excitement because we're not actually going to be talking about trains today. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough of trains. <laughs> <laughs> what we're actually talking about, which is extremely exciting, is rice. So I put out a Twitter sort of call out for people who had a passion for something and would be up for coming to talk about that something on the podcast, as long as that thing was a material thing. And then you said, is rice a material? And I was like, I think it probably is because you can make stuff out of it. You can make all sorts out of it, right? Yeah. So how have you come to sit at the Real Talk table and talk about rice? Um, I saw your post on Twitter and um, I was like, oh, I kind of have never been on a podcast. Are there actually any materials I'm interested in? And then the first thing that came to my mind was rice um, because I switched back to my own Twitter page uh, to look at something else. and was like the very first thing on my Twitter page says um, loves rice. And I was like, oh, I do love rice. And then I went back to yours and I was like, oh, I love rice. I want to come talk about rice. Amazing. And I was so, like, yes, please. One hundred percent. So what is rice? Oof, it is a food object. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is a carb. Mm, love uh, it. Is it, does it count as a grain? I think it must, yeah, I think it is a grain. Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, it is the product of a plant. Um, it's good for your soul. 
Um, and you eat it. And it's delicious. It is delicious. Rice is great. Amazing. So how do you use rice then? So firstly to cook with, um, the obvious one, uh, to eat, obviously. And then also you can repair your phone. Apparently this is a myth though. Um, if you drop your phone in water or coffee, you can repair it by sticking it in a bag of rice. Uh, I'm not sure how accurate that is. I've tried this yeah, and my phone did not work again. Okay. <laughs> See, I dropped my phone in a mug of hot coffee and put in a bag of rice and it now works. Oh, okay. But I feel like it didn't, it was not in the coffee for very long. I don't think it's the rice. Mine went in the toilet. Uh. Listeners have already heard this story. <laughs> I have heard this story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess who knows how phones work, but um, yeah. I guess the point with the rice is that it it presumably sucks up water. It's like a desiccant yeah. almost. But apparently I was reading articles as soon as I'd put in the rice about how you should not do that. Oh. And I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. So it's going to stay there. Yeah. Um, and also I use rice for, um, in India, you put a lot of um, kitchen household uh, cooking items on your face um for beauty purposes <laughs> it's a weird thing we do so if you have like a zit or something you take a bowl of yogurt put some turmeric in it and slap it on your face and does it work oh yeah yeah um i i, I don't know if it's like a placebo thing but uh turmeric is anti-inflammatory in by nature so yes it does help i guess and the um, yogurt just makes you smell good <laughs> um so the yogurt interestingly enough um is soothing but also um you can't you shouldn't, don't uh, put turmeric directly on your skin because uh, it'll, uh, you know how it, when you get um, Indian takeaway and then you wash the takeaway box to reuse it, but it still has that stain. Yeah. That's because all Indian food has turmeric on it. So if you put just turmeric on your skin and leave it there, it will stain your skin. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you should put too much on there. Not ideal. Yeah. Unless you want to be orange. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like when you get those fake tans, yeah. but like the Indian version, like low budget. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so you can eat it, you can put it on your face. Yeah, it makes a good, it's a good exfoliant rice. Uh, it's mm. a good scrub. Yeah. Nice. Rice and honey, rice and yogurt and turmeric, rice and any it's, other. It all sounds just super delicious. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and it's also, so you can eat it and put it on your face at the same time. It's like a good. Ideal. Yeah. It sounds like a Friday night in my house. <laughs> Maybe that came out wrong. Um. <laughs> okay, so that yeah. is how we can use rice. Yeah. Um, what's the history of it? How long have we been eating it and putting it on our face? Um, putting our phones in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I Google this um, and went straight to Wikipedia. And according to Wikipedia and other scientific sources, presumably... Um, it started off uh, being used in China. Well, domesticated is the word, I guess, um, in China. And then um, moved northwards into the world. Um, so where I'm from, India and South Asia, I think uh, it started being used in 5000 BC, which is like thousands and thousands and thousands of years since China started using it. So just traveled really slowly, I guess. Right. I guess because um, they had to walk and yeah. take rice places. I almost laughed at that because I was like, that's a silly thing to say. But I was like, no, wait. I thought you were making a joke. And I was like, no, wait, they did literally have to walk. Yeah, so it spreads quite slowly. But then yeah. other countries started to domesticate it. Yeah. Um, I also read that 
so there's the Chinese species of rice, which mm-hmm. is the one that was kind of spread throughout that landmass. But then there's also a different species of rice, which was domesticated in Africa. Yeah, I, I read about that. So there's like these two different things. Yeah. Um, and I've been reading a very interesting book about paper recently. <laughs> and as I was reading about rice and also about paper, mm-hmm. it struck me that actually the, the way that these two technologies kind of spread throughout the world went in a quite a similar way. So yeah. paper technology was also developed in China mm-hmm. and spread along the Silk Road, as it's called, yeah. like um, throughout Asia. And as it did that, it kind of was taken up by the Arab Empire and then also the Egyptian Empire mm-hmm. and sort of spread down through North Africa. And then the Muslims there took it up through Europe. So mm-hmm. it actually paper and pretty much loads of other technologies i.e. like all other technologies in the sort of Middle Ages, Mm -hmm. were really all originated in the East. And then they kind of spread through Europe via Spain, via the Moors. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Spain has paella. I was just going to (laughs) say. Maybe this is why, because they were one of the first European countries to kind of get this technology of rice. And Italy is another country that was one of the first to adopt technologies like paper. Yeah, I was just going to ask, what about risotto then? Yes, yeah. and so I think risotto is the other example yeah. of like European rice usage that was kind of like brought to them from the East. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of other European rices. Um, I guess Greek food has rice in it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, not a huge heavy feature, but it's there. Mm. Um, I mean, British food, chicken tikka masala with rice. <laughs> That's very rice heavy. The staple traditional British food. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so that's where rice comes from geographically. Yeah. But once we get it into our kitchen, how can we make with it? Okay. So um, this and if there are brown people on Twitter, don't at me. We will disagree on this. Maybe there will be one of you that will disagree with me. But uh, the best way to make rice, I would say, would be uh, to have a rice cooker in this country or back at home. We use pressure cookers. Um, I don't know if you get them here. I've never seen them here. I think you can. Okay. But not. I don't don't think they're widely used. Okay. Yeah. Um, So that's what we use. I would say a a cup of rice to a cup and three quarters of water. Ah. Uh, always wash your rice uh, three, four times until the water runs clear. Why would you, why, why, why? Uh, removing the starch is what I've been told. Okay. Um, but more because my mom told me to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that's why I wash my rice. Some people say one cup. It depends on the type of rice. Mm. For, I think, a long grain type rice, you do one cup of rice to two cups of water just because it's like a thicker. For a basmati rice, you'd probably do one is to three quarters. Okay. Um, important things about making rice. Um, the thing is, a lot of us, when we have... <laughs> this is where my sadness comes out. <laughs> a lot of us have... Um, the saucepans that we use in our kitchens, they have thin bottoms. So the mistake that a lot of people make if they cook rice on the hob without a pressure cooker is um, this is also very interesting from an ergonomic perspective uh, because people will turn up the heat really high and keep it on that high uh, heat because um, based on the design of hobs, people, uh, the way human beings interact with objects like that, like a thermostat or hobs for that matter, is... um, we're automatically irrational and programmed to think that it 
because you turn it up at a high heat, it's going to heat up faster. It's like when you get home from the cold and you turn up the heating, just if you turn it up to 30 degrees, it's not like your house is going to get hotter any faster. Yes, yeah. Um, so it's basically, it's human irrationality. But a lot of people cook rice on too high a heat with a thin bottom saucepan, uh, which is why your rice sticks to the bottom of the pan and then you end up with like congealed me- a congealed mess at the bottom. This is highly relatable content for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I know people who do this um i'm not gonna bitch about anybody in this podcast but i know people <laughs> who do this um and witness it happen in mm. my in close proximity to me uh, very often <laughs> and it is not nice because you have to like scrub the rice off them mm. so um if you if you're using a standard saucepan keep it let the water boil and then lower the heat so that the rice doesn't stick um also the way physics people will put the heat on really high and then put a lid on top and then your rice gets overcooked it's why you end up with mushy rice or sticky rice or horrible rice essentially Uh, okay and do stir or don't stir i'm of the no stir group okay but to be completely honest it's just rice like (laughs) i do what you want (laughs) um also uh fun things you can do with rice Uh, if you put a little bit turmeric in the rice, you get yellow rice. Um, I knew somebody who thought he was uh, he was heavily inspired by... He thought knowing things about other countries made him interesting. He was white. Um, <laughs> so he would swear by putting turmeric in his rice, but he'd put too much so the rice would end up t- tasting like turmeric. Um, and all his saucepans were lined with like turmeric stains. No way. Yeah. And I was like, see, no, if you're Indian, you know, you don't, you don't mess with turmeric. <laughs> too um, far. Yeah. Too far. So what is it about rice that means that we can make loads of other things with rice i've made a list yeah paper mm-hmm. rice cakes yeah rice noodles rice flour rice milk mm-hmm. rice krispies and booze yeah <laughs> it's because rice is fantastic yeah um i don't know i think it's because rice is uh quite versatile in the way that it gives itself to so many processes processes um i think there is because it's kind of a staple food um and one that's fairly cheap, I think there's probably somebody who's better at history will know more about this, but there's some sort of, I think, historical. It's like with potatoes, right? Historically, you've evolved to develop a lot of uses for it because it's something that a lot of people can afford. Yeah. Um, so I feel like in a similar sort of way. Yeah, I've got a fun fact about that. Yes. Um, one fifth of all of the calories consumed by all humans on Earth comes from rice. That's it? Yeah. Because there are two billion people in India and it's just one fifth? Yeah. Oh, what do people eat? Although, I mean, like calories wise, rice isn't actually that high in calories. So if you think about like the volume of the food, it must be like much, much higher than a fifth. Oh, fair but, enough, like, yeah. But f- like, you know, fat and sugar is much higher in calorific yeah. content. So, Also, a really interesting thing about the materiality of rice mm-hmm. and what we use it for um, is in... Like concrete. So, what? Yeah. So, shout out to Rachel Wheelie who asked me whether this is a true fact. And I looked it up and it is a true fact. Right. The Great Wall of China was made with the mortar. So, the bits that stick the rocks together, yeah. that contains sticky rice. It's called <laughs> sticky rice mortar, right? And it's basically a composite of rice and sort of like cement, basically. Right. Um, because in China, they don't have access to volcanic ash, which is the key ingredient in Roman concrete that makes right. it hydraulic and makes it kind of go hard when you put water yeah. in it. 
So the Chinese developed this amazingly strong and water-resistant and weed-resistant composite material that is responsible for the fact that, well, probably partially responsible for the fact that the Great Wall of China is still standing. But surely the the consistency, does it play the same role that the volcano dust plays in? Mm. So chemists recently discovered that it's like a chemical in the rice called am- amylopectin, which is a type of carbohydrate, basically. So it's right. the carb in the rice um, that was responsible for the strength of the material. Right. But then also the fact that you've got physical grains in there would behave make it behave like a composite and give it right. like good structural properties. I mean, I guess that makes sense because if you've done, do you pronounce it as paper mache? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you've done paper mache and you like in school, if you do that and after you make like a block, it's virtually indestructible. Yeah. Like, you can't break that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool like material engineering use for rice, yeah. which is really awesome. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is there anything else you want to talk about, like the uses of rice? Um, There are many... uh uses of rice um so we talked about face masks there's also um fermentation processes yeah uh, which is how rice brews is made yeah um oh we should have got some sake oh damn it i know <laughs> i had some at home as well i didn't think about it um yeah listeners don't know that it's 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the fermentation of rice, how sake is made. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite things to use in the kitchen is, uh, I might be pronouncing this wrong, but uh, gochujang, which is uh, the paste, the spicy chili type paste made of spices, I guess, and fermented rice uh, that kimchi is made with. Ah, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So it's like a Korean fermented rice paste. I didn't realize it involved rice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, and sake is also made with fermented rice. Yes. Um, and all the different variants, soju, all of them is fermented rice. Um, we also use fermented rice in Indian food, if you've ever had a dosa. Yes. Or uh, that's why I got the batter. Um, Should we do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. Amazing. So we've got a studio to... make. Oh, I was going to make a jingle for this. Anyway, <laughs> we've got a studio make in the studio. Um, yeah. We just need some water. A... I have a bottle of water. Okay. Um, what we're going to do is... 
open this out. So normally what you use is you get a better for this is just to see what the consistency is like, but you get a better taste um, tasting version of this if you use um, rice and water and yogurt. Okay. Um, but this is basically um, dosa mix. It's like it's not authentic dosa batter. It's the dosa batter for dummies um, that my mom sends with me when I come here. <laughs> it's like a ready mix version. Yeah, it's like it looks very similar to custard powder. Yeah, essentially. Uh, oh no, this is gonna get on your carpet table. Um, let me get our trusty plastic box lid, which we use for all messy experiments. <laughs> Um, so if you want to like look at the ingredients, mm. um, so this has rice flour, black gram flour, uh, and then a bunch of other flours, uh, some oils. Oh my God. Yeah. If you're allergic to stuff, this is not a good thing to eat. <laughs> it's like soy, maize, nuts, groundnut, ooh, and a bunch of acids. I guess that's what makes it ferment. Um, mm, right. So basically how this works is you put... To make it right, you do like one measure to half measure, um, two measures of water, or you could just. I'm just gonna pour it. Yeah, in. just pour it. I'm not cooking with it anymore. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. No, oh, sorry. That's all right. Um, Stop mixing. The problem with like being a real talk listener is it all of these processes sound so smooth. In hindsight, like it's like, oh, look at them just doing the experiment, like on TV. <laughs> I'm glad that you think it comes across like that. <laughs> now, that, now I know how awkward this all is. <laughs> um, oh wait, yeah, that's got it. Um, if you see the bubbles, so basically you mix it together and then you leave it for five minutes because um, some science happens, presumably. Groovy. Okay. Um, but if you see the bubbling, that's like basically the water. And the thing reacting. Amazing. Um, if you want to taste it, it's like a little, it's weirdly salty. I'm going to dip my little finger in. Yeah, just go for it. Like it tastes very acidic. Oh yeah, it does, yeah. Um, normally it's a little bit thicker, um, especially when you add the yogurt in, it gets cool. thicker. And um, yeah, after you leave it for five minutes and then you just kind of fry it out and you get like the crispy fried. Mm, so delicious. Doses, yeah. Or you put them in a mold and... Um, Kind of like how you make dumplings, so you steam them in a mold. Oh, cool. And that's what idlis are. Ah. Yeah. So it's basically a bunch of acid and rice, like, reacting together. Nice. Rice flour. Cool. Yeah. Um, so let's leave it for five minutes and we'll come back. Yeah. See it being more bubbly. I really hope something happens. Perfect. So the science of at least this. Um, so fermentation um, is not just rice-specific. You can ferment a lot of things. Well, you can ferment a, mostly carbohydrates and... No, you can only ferment, sorry, you can only ferment carbohydrates, but you convert them into alcohols so like sake, uh, sake or soju, whatever, um, or organic acids. Um, and how it seems to work is you use bacteria or yeast under anaerobic conditions. So I assume this is when there's no oxygen. Yes. And, and it produces CO2, which is the bubbles. I assume so, yeah. Um, yeah, CO2. So it's actually fairly similar to uh, how bread is made. Yeah. Which I did not realize. There you go. Yeah. Rice and bread. Sisters from other misters. <laughs> um, ooh, and also, um, it's similar to um, foods that uh, use or um, require the production of lactic acid. So like uh, sakrat or yogurt is a similar process, which I did not know. 
That's interesting. I mm. guess, yeah, because that involves bacteria as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking of fermentation, yep. the slightly darker side of rice oh, no. is that because it is so widely consumed yeah. around the world, um, it and because the production process involves flooding, yeah. when you flood the, the rice field, um, you cut off atmospheric oxygen from the soil and yeah. that leads to... Um, the breaking down of all of the like organic matter under the water, right. which produces methane because of anaerobic fermentation. Yeah. Um, and apparently, according to Wikipedia, the methane from rice production contributes about 1.5% of all human greenhouse gases. Oh, man. Yeah. That's However, insane. I don't know if they've offset that because rice is a living plant and so it will be sucking in some co2 so i don't know whether they've like balanced out fair enough it might be a net like yeah good for the world if you know what i mean fair enough who knows but, but then for all the vegans who complain about um meat exactly ice is also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah get off your high horses vegan <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry sarah <laughs> Just yesterday, she was talking about how she was so sick of people making vegan jokes. I was oh, like, oh, sorry. It's okay. I've been a vegan at times. Oh. Yeah. I think a lot of Indian food is vegan, apart from all the dairy we consume in truckloads. <laughs> <laughs> I think apart from that, yeah. it's mostly vegan. It's You can for sure make really, really tasty vegan food yeah. out of Indian cuisine, for sure. Right, let's check our dosa ingredient. Yeah, see, you can see it's gotten thicker. Oh, it's really fluffy. Yeah. It's like a little foam. It is a bit, yeah. And it holds its shape. I'm not going to tip it upside down over my head because I think that I learned badly, but it's <laughs> almost that type of like stiff sort of yeah. foamy thing. So unfortunately we don't have a hot plate in the studio. Mm. That would be one step too far in the health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> Should have bought the blowtorch. We could have made blowtorch bowl doser oh my god can you imagine i feel like that would actually taste really good mm, me too yeah or like, like a waffle maker oh yes yeah. damn it since so much of the world's population relies on rice as a food mm-hmm. source um you i would think that that would mean that we were maybe quite vulnerable to like all being wiped out by some horrible disease yeah of rice um so Lots of I was reading up on this, and lots of scientists have like genetically modified rice for various reasons, right? Either to make it like um, higher in yield, so that you get more rice for a smaller field, yeah, or to make it tolerant to salt water in case the fields get flooded with seawater, yeah. um, make it sort of be able to resist flood and drought, um, and also have like different vitamin contents, so like higher in vitamin A, right. for example, yeah. And so I think like either making rice with gluten or like gluten free obviously the grain itself is that but now we have technologies to actually be able to like specifically change like the chemistry of what the rice grain is made of which is really cool and hopefully it means that we can genetically modify it so that it won't be wiped out by a dna superbug oh man yeah can you imagine that would be really really i mean if you can lab grow meat you can lab make rice yeah that that is true i wonder if anyone's doing that yeah, also another thing I wanted to look up was whether or not... See, now there are lots of people who... This is a huge controversy where they talk about reheating rice and how it's bad. Yes, I can't believe we haven't touched on this yet. Yeah, I'm currently looking it up and there are all these articles about how um, bacteria, how there's like 
a certain form of bacteria that doesn't get murdered, essentially, if you reheat rice. But the best person who had an explanation for this was Sarah Jones on Twitter, yeah. uh, where she described um, that. And if if Sarah's, if I'm quoting her wrong, I'm sorry. But what I basically understood from what she was saying was... Um, if you re, it's basically rice that's been left out overnight at room temperature. That's dangerous. But if it's been stored in a refrigerator and then reheated after that, it's not a problem. Is how I understand it. Yeah, I think it's the speed at which you cool it after you cook it for the first time. Yeah. So if you leave it out, then it obviously cools slower than if you were to put it in the fridge. Yeah. And after you reheat it again, the bacteria get killed, but the toxins that they have generated do not get killed. Apparently. Okay. And so you eat the toxins. But also, I've been reheating rice for my entire life. Yeah. And I'm fine. And also, if this is going to be a not good thing to say, but if reheating rice killed you, India wouldn't have a population problem because we all eat a lot of rice. You would think that, yeah. Yeah, if there were any signs of, yeah. That's where you'd see it, but yeah, no. So is it an urban myth? I don't know. Cool. So if people have enjoyed listening to the podcast about rice, how can people get more involved with rice? (laughs) Um, They can tweet at me. Um, I'm at Ergo Nightmares on Twitter. Um, Or tweet at Anna if you want to talk to me, and I assume she'll forward you through. I will. Um, Or uh, you can go to my website, shalakakurb.com. Amazing. Yeah. And just a lot of photos of my face. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and eat rice. Yeah. In all rice. of its forms. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I can give rice food recommendations. Um, for Indian food, have biryani. For, uh, oh, have sushi. Sushi is great. Um, I'm just thinking of my favorite rice foods. Um, rice pudding is okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's my third favorite rice food. <laughs> No, from the bottom. <laughs> from the bottom, yeah, okay. Um, the absolute bottom is no rice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then rice pudding. Yeah. Um, and sake. Sake is Yes, yeah. but maybe after midday. Yeah. <laughs> I do a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> sake is allowed anytime. It's in my, it's in my breakfast. <laughs> it's in my breakfast. It's not... <laughs> Just in case my supervisor listens to this and wonders why my emails are coming out all funny. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thanks for coming on Real Talk Shalaka. Thank you. I had a great time. So that was the absolutely hilarious Shalaka Kurup. Thanks to her for coming on the show. You can see bonus content from this and all other Real Talk episodes on our website at realtalk.com. That's R-I-A-L talk. Please tweet to us what you thought of the episode and don't forget to tell all your friends about your favourite materials podcast. Thanks for listening, take care and see you next time on Real Talk. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.